Has he done something for you tonight? Amen. We have a God who's worthy to be worshipped, worthy to be praised. Well, it's good to be with you tonight. We were away this past weekend in Hammond, Louisiana, speaking for Brother uh, John Kalinga. We had a wonderful service. The Spirit of the Lord just dropped in, as he always does when faith is there, when people believe and, and take God at his word. And But it's good to be here with you tonight. It's good to put our shoulders to the wheel. And We're home, folks. So let's have church. Let's have church tonight. Let's take every opportunity that we're given to receive from the hand of God. So let's just turn to him in prayer. Father, we do want to say thank you, Lord, tonight for this opportunity that you have afforded us to come into your presence, Lord. The opportunity that we have to bring our petitions to your feet tonight. Lord, knowing that they don't fall on hollow ground, but, Father, they fall at the foot of the Master. And, Lord, you tell us in your word if we can just believe tonight, all things are possible. So, Lord, I'm here once again at my post of duty, Lord, as your servant, as your, your mouthpiece. And I'm asking, Father, that I'll do my part to get out of the way. And I'm asking you, you'll do your part and come and speak for us tonight. May you be the voice, Lord. May you be the inspiration tonight. May you be the ears of the listener, Lord God, that will tune into the word tonight and grab hold of it and bring that faith into the mind and drop down into the soul that life can begin to flourish, Father. So we're asking for your move tonight, God. We're asking for the supernatural visitation from the Almighty God. So we just want to thank you, Lord, tonight. And we just, Lord, do our part. As Brother Timothy read that quote, God, we're going to do our part. We're asking that you'll come and do your part now. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to look here in John 14. John 14, we're going to start our reading tonight at verse 12. Very familiar scripture reading for us tonight. <clears throat> we're speaking again on God does impossible math. You know, the brothers behind me, well, there's only one brother behind me, the other one slipped off, but, you know, they, they, they clown or they kid because I'm not a teacher, but this is the third math lesson that we're having. So this is God Does the Impossible Part 3, but we're going to speak on what I want to really hone in on tonight is believe for your impossible. Whatever your problem is that you're facing, I want you to believe for it tonight. So before we get started in this service, I want you to claim or to name that impossibility that you're facing. But before the service is over, I want you to believe that the answer has been provided. You can walk out of here different. You don't have to face that same struggle tomorrow or the next week and just pre belabor the issue. You can receive it tonight if you'll believe. So that's what we want to speak on is believe for your impossible. John 14 and verse 12 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto the Father. And whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. You can be seated tonight. Now I want to ask you, do you believe what we just read? Do you believe that that's the inspired word of God? Now, if you believe that, I want to share something that Brother Tim, I believe it was a, a, a brother from Africa, had sent him back on July 12th. He, he brought it to the church, and I want to read it tonight, and I asked him for it. But it says, my brother, just so you know, your faith inspires thousands of believers around the world, including us. 
You have done much damage to the kingdom of darkness through your ministry. You're one of God's generals of a time that the devil is so obsessed at trying to pull down through whatever way he thinks he can. Poor devil, he can't. We are the unstoppable bride. Your sacrifice towards my sheep is what has moved me. Here you are yielding yourself like never before to face what you have faced what you have never faced, excuse me. Now, I am the Lord that keeps my promises. I fail not, I am the Lord. A series of victories is gonna be, it is meant to, to be by my name's glory. Only be thou of good cheer. To not, to not are the words of the wicked one. No one can stand against me. I speak my word is life, for I have done this, saith the Spirit of the Lord. And he says, sorry, Brother Tim, I tried to stop, but I couldn't. These words are not myself. I have, the, I have the presence of the Lord filling my study right now, and my hands are kept typing. God bless you, Brother Babosi. So I want you to key in on here is a series of victories is going to be. And I believe that when, when this brother spoke that about Brother Tim, he didn't only speak it about Brother Tim, but he spoke it about the church. He spoke it about you. He spoke it about situations. And if you can believe tonight, there's going to be a series of victories at even like Tabernacle. I believe there's going to be a series of victories around the world. If you can elevate yourself to believe for the impossible, God is going to reveal himself like he's never done before. As we heard last week, we have found favor with God. Oh, church, when you found favor with God, it don't matter what devil you face. It doesn't matter what persecution you face, what sickness you face. You found favor with God, and God will bankrupt heaven to make sure that he provides for your need tonight. Amen. Notice here in the message, God's only provided place of worship. Now, we know that Jesus is a type. He types the bread, and, and Brother Bram says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Not just word here or there as denominations would have you to believe it, but the word of God is perfect. How many can say amen to that? Brother Tim, if you'd just give me a little bit more volume up here, that'd be great. And maybe some on the side monitors. <clears throat> he says now, but the word of God is perfect. It's God himself in letter form called a seed. And the right kind of unadulterated faith in that word will bring that seed to its life. So what we want to do tonight is to, to anoint that seed with faith because the right kind of unadulterated faith will do what? It will anoint that word and bring the life that lays in that seed. It'll bring it to life. Now the first service we preached on, nothing is impossible with God. Then we spoke on nothing is impossible with you. But tonight I want you to bring it down to your situation. I want you to bring it down to your need tonight. And I want you to believe for your impossible. I want you to believe for your prodigals to come home I want you to believe for your cancers gotta go I want you to believe for your heart problems gotta go and high blood pressures gotta go I want you to believe that tonight and if you can take that faith tonight and anoint that word with it you'll bring life forth and you'll see signs following the word of God notice he tells us though he that believeth so the capstone or the key is belief and that word believe means to commit to one's trust, to be persuaded, to place confidence in. And he's saying, place your confidence in me tonight. I'll do what I said I'll do. So we find that the works that Jesus did, he says, you're going to do also. 
This word works is deeds, labor. So let me ask you tonight, what did Jesus do? This is not the bracelet, WWJD. But what did Jesus do? Did he build hospitals? Did he help poor little old ladies cross the street with their groceries? Did he build synagogues? No. He didn't do any of those things. But what he did do was he performed miracles. He turned water into wine at a wedding feast. What he did do was heal the sick. What he did do was open blinded eyes. What he did do was raise the dead. What he did do was cast out devils. And he said, the same works that I did, you're to do also. So what was done in the groom is supposed to be done in the bride. And let me say it like this. What was done in the groom will be performed in the bride in the last days. Because she's bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, power of his power. She is him in bride form. And I'm going to tell you tonight, she's here and he's here manifesting the word through her tonight to get somebody to believe for their impossibility. So we find the same things that he did were to do also. But many, many people shy away from the supernatural. Or they shy away from the works. They shy away from the deeds. And they say, well, John 14, well, that was only for the prophet. And if you try and these things starting to follow you and, and the supernatural is performed in your ministry, they want to say, well, you're trying to take the prophet's place. Let me tell you, none of us Brother Josh, we're not trying to take the prophet's place. You're not trying to take the prophet's place. What you're trying to do is step into the scriptures. Because these signs, these works are not only for the ministry, but they're for those that will believe. Oh, let me tell you, you got a sick child at home. Mother, you can put your hand on that sick child. And that fever's got to leave. That sickness has got to leave. Why? Because it's the scriptures. It's not the prophet's word. It's Jesus' word. And he said, the works that I do, you're going to do also. We're not trying to take anybody's place. We're trying to take our place. We're trying to take our place for the end time that he's going to have a bride. He's going to have the very same anointing, the very same signs, the very same wonders, the very same supernatural is going to be performed in this day as it was performed in that day. Some want to claim that we don't need to focus on works because we got a restored word, a restored message. Well, let's look at what James 2 and verse 20 says. But will thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Well, I believe we got the restored message. There ain't nothing happening in your church. Faith without works is dead. And so is your church. It's dead. Oh, we don't want a dead church. He's not coming from a dead church. He's going to have a bride full of life, his life. Well, it says now in verse 21, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. Now let's go down to verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. And the prophet of God was saying, 1965, for those that have to have the, the quotes from after 1963, this is 1965, and he says, works is faith expressed. 
Works show that faith has already took a hold. And I pray tonight for some of you that that faith will take a hold tonight for whatever your situation, whatever you're facing. May you grab up tonight with the hand of faith and claim it for your own tonight that you can walk out of here and there'll be no impossibilities with them that'll believe. He said now in the message, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He says, verily, verily, or absolutely, absolutely, I say unto you, he that believeth on me in the works that I do, shall he do also. Now the word rightly translated is not greater, but more. So it's going to be more. See, he raised the dead, he stopped nature. Nothing could be any greater than what he did, but more this shall you do because I go to the Father. Now he says, now the same thing that he did, notice, he promised the church to do only more of it than what he did. Are you believing? Did you come expecting tonight? Or did you just come because that's what we do on Wednesday night, we just gather? No, I want you to come expecting to be the more. I want you to come expecting to do the more. I don't want you to lay it on the ministry. I don't want you to lay it on the deacons. I don't want you to lay it on the grandparents. I want you young people to get behind it this this evening rather and believe that God can do the greater works. I can do the more. I can be his hands. I can be his feet. I can lay hands on the sick. I can speak the name of Jesus. Oh, we heard that song sung Wednesday night. Speak the name of Jesus. Let me tell you, you speak that name over your problem. That problem has to bow. You speak that name over that sickness. That sickness has to succumb to that name. You speak it to cancer. Cancer has to bow. You speak it to COVID-19. COVID-19 has to bow. You speak it over your prodigals. They have to come home. Just speak the name tonight. It's a supernatural word. Jesus. Supernatural. Jesus, healer of my sickness. Jesus, savior of my soul. Jesus, the restoration and the life, the giver of life, the way maker, the miracle worker. Jesus. And he said, the same things that I did, you're to do also. He promised the church would do them. Oh, come on, church. Get behind the word tonight. He says the works that I do Bear witness of me. Notice the works bear witness of me. The things that I do, what I say, it's what bears record of me. And that's what bears record of every person. And he says, I'd rather you live me a sermon than preach me one. He says, I live a sermon. What we are is what we live. What we do, our actions shows what we are. If we say we have faith and then afraid to step out and claim our faith and put it to work, then our faith doesn't do much good, does it? You say you believe. You say you got a restored word. You say you got this. You say you got that. And nothing's happening. Nothing's happening in our churches. Nothing's happening in our homes. Nothing's happening in our lives. Nothing's happening in our young people. And we say we believe. We say we're living a sermon. I say, oh, let's get back to the word. Let's get back to God tonight and let the Holy Spirit break forth and may there be a gusher of the Holy Spirit pour down upon the church. Notice now, if we say we have faith and then we're afraid to step out and claim our faith, and put it to work, then our faith doesn't do us much good. The Bible said that faith without works is dead. Just as the body without the spirit is dead, so is faith without works. 
So God is expecting to see fruit from our lives. And if faith without works is dead, just as the spirit without the body is dead, then isn't it time that we start producing? There's not another church promise. There's not another age promise. You are the end of all. So it's time that we start budding forth, putting forth, and it takes believing in the atonement. Notice Mark 16, as we would look a little bit further in this, as we continue to build the platform tonight. The Bible says that these signs shall follow them that believe. How many of you believe tonight? In my name they shall cast out devils. Oh, well, Brother Joe, you got right there. I got to back up on that one. We just don't believe that today. Well, then it shows you're not a believer because it's in the word. These signs shall follow them that believe. The very first thing he describes right after that is they shall cast out devils. You want to talk about something so supernatural when you're face to face, when you got your hands laid on somebody who's demon possessed and you're calling that demon to come out and you got, you're telling you got to leave in the name of Jesus Christ. You better know where you stand when you face off with the enemy. And the very first thing he tells us, this is not some prophet's word. This is Jesus Christ in red letter. He said these very signs are going to follow them that believe. They're going to be able to speak to demons and they got to leave. They got to leave your young people. They got to leave your wives. They got to leave your husband. They got to leave the church. They got to leave the bride of Christ alone because we've been given power over it. We got a promise that they shall cast out devils and they shall speak in new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall, lay, they shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall. Promise after promise after promise after promise. And they shall recover. Not get worse, but recover. So then, after the Lord has spoken unto them, he was received up into the heaven, and he sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth, so beaten down, because society wasn't fair. Because they started rioting in that day and started burning houses and burning huts and burning this and burning that and acting all stupid and crazy. Same thing they're doing today. But we don't see that. He says they went forth and they preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with what? Signs following. Oh, Hallelujah. Signs following the believer. Notice that word signs, when you look it up in the Greek, it actually means miracles and wonders. So, so we find here that signs and wonders are going to follow the believer. They are the very manifestation of the word. They are that seed that we spoke of in the first quote. They are the seed coming to life. That's the fruit that declares that there's life. There's faith there. Somebody believes. And we find the very proof that Mark 16, it tells whether you are a believer or not. If you believe in these things taking place. So they went forth and they preached everywhere confirming the word with signs following. Then we find here in Acts 5 and verse 15, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and they laid them in the beds and couches and that at the least a shadow of Peter passing by that, that they might be saved. Notice now. They came also multitudes out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem bringing sick folks 
and them which were vexed and unclean spirits, and they were every one healed. What a service they had. Not one went home depressed. Not one went home defeated. Not one left that church service there. And that was under Peter's preaching. Oh, let me tell you, and if that happened under Peter's preaching, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, what about their preaching and their preaching and the anointed ministry of this day's preaching? He's the same God with the same signs and the same wonders, and I believe tonight if we can elevate our faith, look, let me tell you, go get the beds, go get the couches. Let's pull them out and bring them to church at the very passing of the ministry of the word that the sick can be healed, the lost can be saved, those that are tormented can't be delivered. We find here in Acts 19, and God wrought special miracles by the hand of Paul. So it just wasn't for Peter. Now he's moving to Paul, and we see the very same thing. So that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. They didn't say they prayed. They just said they took handkerchiefs and aprons, laid it on them, and the demons had to leave. Oh, come on, church. What kind of people should we be? We find here in Acts 3, Peter heals a lame man. Acts 5 and verse 1 through 10, Ananias and Sapphira struck dead. Acts 9, 33 and 34, Peter heals a man who had the palsy for eight years. Acts 9 and 36, he heals or he raises Dorcas to life. Acts 12, he delivered out of prison. Then we find in Acts 14, Paul heals a crippled man. Acts 16, Paul cast out a spirit of divination. Acts 16 and 25, Paul and Silas are in their prison and they begin to praise God no matter what their circumstances, no matter what their impossibilities were, no matter what they were facing, they found time to praise God. They found it personal and they found it pertinent to praise God in the midst of their storm and their chains fell off and they walked out of the prison cell. We find here in Acts 19, Paul heals the multitude. Acts 20, Paul restores a man to life. Acts 28, Paul shakes off a viper. So we find that the scriptures were performed in the book of Acts that were spoken in Mark 16. And they want to say Mark 16 is not inspired. I feel like that little old lady said, well, if God can do that with that's what's uninspired, what can he do with that that is inspired? Oh, if I can get you to believe tonight that this is the inspired word of God, ain't no devil can stand before your church. Oh, you'd walk out of here on cloud nine, praising God, thanking God, rejoicing in the victory. A series of victories following. Oh, I hope you understand. I hope you catch that inspiration. I hope you catch the mind that that brother sent that note to Brother Tim. That was a prophecy over this church. A series of victories are following. Prodigals coming home. Oh, I tell you what, I give a louder amen than that. Oh, the sick are being healed. Blinded eyes are being opened. Oh, those that are depressed, those that are anxiety, those that are bound by fear, those that are going through the change, those that are desiring this, that, and the other. Oh, if you could just believe tonight and put your faith in this eternal word, you're going to walk out with exactly what you have need of because he says whatsoever things you desire. You ask anything tonight in my name, I will grant it. So we find the supernatural. We find the same signs, the same miracles that were performed by Jesus were being performed by the disciples. 
Now, Jesus did not have a monopoly on miracles. Let me go ahead and put this disclaimer out there. Nor did Brother Branham. I don't mean that in any form of disrespect. But these signs will follow them, not him that believes. He didn't have a monopoly. He wasn't the only one. He put it in his word because he wanted others to produce the same fruit, the same healing, the same power, the same manifestation. He wants you to believe for the same signs, the same wonders, the same healings, the same deliverance, the same restoration to life that he did. He wants you to believe it's for you. The works, the miracles bear witness that we are believers. Now notice, throughout time, God's people have always found themselves in difficult circumstances and they face impossible situations. And it's during these times of these impossibilities that we recognize whether we're a believer or not. Because many have walked away when the times have gotten tough. Many have turned their back and said, you know what? This is too difficult. I'm going to go another direction. We find that the Hebrew children face an impossible furnace. We find that Daniel faced an impossible den of lions, but they made it because they believed the God that they served was a God of the impossible. There was no way they should have got out of that lion's den. There was no way they should have escaped that fiery furnace, but God stepped down. And if you can believe tonight for whatever you're facing, I'm here to tell you, God will step down. He will be the fourth man in your furnace. He'll be the one that puts you to sleep with the roaring lions all around. You'll begin to pet them. Oh, hey, kitty, kitty. Daniel wasn't afraid because he served a mighty God. And we don't have anything to be afraid of, church, because we serve a mighty God. And the Bible says, greater is he that is in you tonight. Greater is, oh, church, get that tonight. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, than he that is causing all this chaos, than he that is causing all this cancer, than he that is causing this COVID-19. Greater is he tonight that is in you if you could just believe for the impossible. If you could just believe for your situation. Notice Abraham took God at his word. And the impossible was made possible. 25 years he held on. Mary, the virgin, took God at his word. And the impossibilities was made possible. And the whole course of her life was changed. And she brought forth the baby, knowing no man, because she took God at his word. The key is taking God at his word. Notice, and if anybody will take God at his word, he will, his word shall be made manifest. You take him at his word tonight. That word will be, shall be made manifest. If that seed falls on the right kind of ground, it will produce exactly what it said to do. Then he goes on and he says, the right mental attitude toward any divine promise of God will bring it to pass. Have we heard that so much that we just skip right over it? That we've become callous? You know, Brother Bram would make a statement. He says, many times we read the Bible like reading the newspaper. We become callous to it. Oh, it's chock full of promises. Oh, and I, I wonder if maybe time we, we've, just, we've heard the message and our ears become callous. Our eyes have become callous and we don't believe the promise because, you know, maybe we've heard too much that God doesn't do those things anymore. Maybe we've heard too much that, you know what, all we got is the word, the word, the word, the word. You know, we don't need the supernatural. 
Oh, come on. But he says the right mental attitude toward any divine promise of God will bring it to pass if you'll look at it right and realize who made it. There's your key. You've got to look at the promise right. Brother Timothy didn't make you a promise. Brother Aaron didn't make you a promise. Brother Tim didn't make you a promise. Or Brother Donnie or Brother Ron or whatever great ministry you want to put there. Or mom or daddy didn't make you the promise. God made you the promise. Jesus made you the promise. Oh, if you can just take the right mental attitude toward that word, that the sick will be healed, the lost will be saved, the prodigals will come home. If you look at that word right and realize God made the promise and God is unchangeable, if he ever said it one time he'll always back it up all through the ages down to the end it'll be the same it'll produce the same it'll live the same let me tell you because it is the same it's the same anointing the same spirit the same sign and the same one producing the same results so no matter what notice now so God takes the impossibles and make them real when he's taken at his word you got a need tonight? Take him at his word. You're facing an obstacle tonight? Take him at his word. Dr. Mata said you'll never get rid of that cancer. Take him at his word. Brother Ron says to Erica Parker, take him at his word tonight. Devil's trying to knock you down with COVID-19. Take God at his word tonight. They will strip your kids from out of your church, out of your home, and they're so wayward and, and they're covered up and smutted up in sin. Take God at his word tonight. Come on, mama. Come on, daddy. It's time to take God in his word. Are you looking down the road waiting for him to come back? Are you sitting inside drinking a cup of coffee just chillaxing? No, we need to be on the front porch waiting every day. I know I got a promise. I'm holding to that promise. I believe in God's going to do something. I don't care how far down they got to go. They may be eating slop with the pigs, but oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. They're coming home because I'm holding on to the promise that they and their offspring will be there. Hold on to that promise. Claim that promise. And God will bring forth a miracle in your life. Oh, he said, the doctor might have said you'll never be able to walk again. Well, it's impossible for you to do it. But impossibles fade out when God, when God's took at his word. Notice. Look away. Put your blinders on to your children. Everybody may have given up on him, but he hadn't. Doctors may have gave up on you, but he hadn't. Oh, Brother Brandon would say it like this. He said, the impossibles fade out when God's took at his word. No matter what the doctor says, he's doing the best he can. But God is God. Oh, even like Tabernacle, if I could just get you to clutch on that tonight. God is God. He's immutable. He's unchangeable. His word is eternal. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he ever healed on one condition, he'll do it the same. If the same condition is met the second time, you will bring forth your healing. You'll bring forth the word. If you'll just hang your soul on the word of God tonight and take God at his word. All heavens is behind it, church. But the problem of it is, is we're so concerned about what somebody thinks. Come on. Ooh. Every last one of y'all just went, did he just read my mind? How many of you have ever, don't raise your hand, just smile or nod and don't nod real hard so your neighbor realizes that you're being honest. But you've been in a service 
And you wanted to let go and move and just let the spirit take over. But that thought's like, they're going to think you're nuts. Has it ever entered your mind? There's a lot of smiling faces out there. Yeah. You ever hear somebody say, I just wish I could let go and worship like that? How many have ever heard somebody say that? How many have ever said that? Hands down. I want you to know tonight you can. But you know what it's going to take? I don't care. It's going to take an I don't care attitude. I don't care what they think about me. You know, when Mary was going around telling everybody, I'm going to have a son, not knowing a man, you want to talk about she is acting stupid. Nobody's ever done this. Abraham waited. Hannah waited. Oh, they waited 25 years. They were all well stricken in age. But let me tell you, nobody's ever believed this. Oh, Mary, this is ridiculous. She didn't care. She wasn't looking at what they said. She wasn't going into the records finding out has it ever been done before. She didn't worry about what was Joseph going to think about it. She knew one thing. She met an angel. Just a flicker, Brother Aaron. And out come the angel Gabriel. And he said, Hail, Mary. Thou, oh, hallelujah, are highly favored. And I'm going to tell you, bride of Jesus Christ, you have found favor with God tonight and let me tell you if you'll just let go I don't care how I worship I don't care how I serve God oh it may call it heresy but I'm going to serve him I'm going to worship I'm going to shout I'm going to speak in tongues I'll run the aisles I'll do whatever God wants me to do I'm not going to shy away from the supernatural because I don't care because I come to have church I come to see the impossibilities made real Oh, she started giving praise to God. I love how the prophet of God would say, she lost. Oh, no, no, let me go back. He says, now, when a man comes to get the Holy Ghost, you don't care what the neighbors is going to say. See, the problem with some of you young people, you're struggling to get the Holy Ghost because you're worried about what somebody else is going to think about you. Well, what if I do like they did in the upper room and I start speaking in tongues? Who cares? What if I run? Who cares? We got some of the prettiest running at this church. Because some people just don't care. Oh, if I can get you with that don't care attitude tonight. Notice now. He goes, you don't care what the neighbors is going to say. You don't care what they're saying on the internet. Well, that church is all emotional. Well, shame on you. Your church is dead. I'd rather have a little bit of wildfire get carried away under the anointing of the Holy Ghost than have no fire at all. You preach to a bunch of sleeping virgins. Everybody's sleeping. Got to kick your neighbor just to wake them up to get an amen. Oh, listen now. Uh-oh. He said, that was a pastor, pastor preaching or amen and you better watch out. He says, now, you don't care what the neighbors is going to say. You don't care if you shout or speak in tongues. Whatever you do, it's past that. You took God at his word. You don't care for criticism. You've lost all your devil-made, homemade, intellectual society called prestige. That thing you want is favor with God. And let me tell you, little Brian, you found favor with God. You ain't worried about what they may think about you. I don't care what the world thinks. I don't care what my job thinks. I don't care what Walmart thinks. All I care is what he thinks. And he said, oh, you're highly favored. You're blessed. You're the head, not the tail. You're going up, not down. Oh, I say, hallelujah, church. Let's worship this God and claim God's word and believe God's promise. Oh, we're the bride of Christ. We're the elected in this hour. 
You lost all your man-made stuff. You're free in Christ. The Spirit of God has set you free. And you're free in the power of God. Bathing in His beauty. Worshiping Him in the Spirit and truth. You're a free person. You took the Word of God. And it took a hold of your heart. And you don't care. Oh, hallelujah. Some I don't care attitudes tonight will be just fine, Brother Timothy. But see, at first, had to come here and marry. Brother Brown will say the only way that you can ever be born again is first in the womb of your mind, receive the word. And then the spirit comes on top of that and brings it to life. There you are. That's what does it. See, she believed God's word no matter how much anybody criticized, how many things somebody else said. It didn't have one thing to do with it. She believed God's word regardless. She believed God's word regardless. First was her mind before the act ever taken place in her literal womb. The act had to take place first to let the spirit come and do it the rest of the work. So it has to come here, bride, first. You're believing for the supernatural. You're believing for the impossible. Right here first. And then the spirit comes on top of that. And it brings it down into the soul. And then it just begins to flourish and begin to bud and begin to produce life. So before the impossibilities ever become possible, first had to believe in the mind. And before signs and wonders will ever follow your ministry or follow your gift or follow your life, you got to first believe it in the mind. And the Bible tells us that we're to have the same mind that Christ had. What kind of mind did Christ have? To look to the unseen. To believe the word. He believed in the supernatural because the mind of Christ is supernatural. So you must believe that God will do what he said he will do. In 2020, he's still God. God is God. Chaos all around, he's still God. Hatred all amongst us, he's still God. And he tells us, he that believeth on me and the works that I do, shall he do also. So we find here in John 14, Jesus is putting it back in your lap. He's telling you as the believer, if you want to see signs, if you want to see wonders, if you want to see the supernatural take place, then you got to believe. You got to believe. Jesus never faced an impossible situation. Jesus never faced, the groom never faced an impossible situation. And what was done in the groom is to repeat in the bride. Oh, when this bride recognizes who she is, she will be an invincible army. No impossibilities will stop her. But in order to go from impossible to possible, you got to believe. No matter how you feel, believe. No matter how much sickness has ravished your body and you're stricken in pain, you got to believe. No matter how dark your life is filled with depression and anxiety and worry and guilt, you got to believe. No matter how bleak the doctor's report, you got to believe. No matter if you lost everything, no matter if your kids are lost, no matter what it is, you got to believe. And notice, as we heard last Wednesday night, Mary never questioned the angel's word. Because she believed. 
It had never been done before. The prophet of God said he gave her the hardest thing that he ever gave anybody, and yet she believed. Oh, she questioned a little bit, but as Brother Ayer so beautifully brought it out, she was questioning with the intent. Can you tell me a little bit more? Tell me a little bit more about what's going to happen. Tell me a little bit more about the supernatural. And I wonder tonight if we can just say, God, tell me a little bit more about the impossibilities being made real. Tell me a little bit more about my sickness leaving and I'll walk out of here a healed person. Tell me a little bit more. Lord, I'm not questioning you with doubt. I'm questioning you because I want to know more. I want to experience the supernatural. I want to walk out speaking in tongues. I want to walk out filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to walk out delivered. I want to walk out saved. I want to walk out healed. I want to walk out a son and daughter of God. I don't want to walk out with doubt. I don't want to go out the same way I came in. I want to walk out in victory. She never questioned, but she believed. And you notice there's a lot of things can happen when somebody believes. Trying to find me a place to start parachuting out of here. Brother Brown would say it in the message, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. He said, now I was thinking that natural man went out at the unseen of his eye and he pulled an atom down out of the sky and he split that atom in two that destroys human life. And if the natural man that knows nothing of God cannot know nothing of God except he be converted, then his soul becomes alive with the supernatural. If he can do that in the natural realm, what ought the man of God be doing? Yeah, oh, church, if, we can, if men can believe that they can shoot a rocket into space and set a man on, a, on a, a, a space station up there that orbits around the earth, if man with man's intellect, with man's natural resources can do that, what should the bride of Christ be doing with supernatural resources, with untapped laying at our fingertips if man can do that unconverted sinful man what about the righteous what about the saved what about the Holy Ghost filled what about the anointed what about the elect the bride of Jesus Christ what should we be doing church let me tell you that you shouldn't face an impossible situation if man can put somebody on the moon I'll tell you God's going to put somebody in a rapture God's going to put somebody in a body change God's going to sweep over one servant let me tell you you won't be the same you can't be the same. Oh, because why? Because you begin to believe the rapture is for me. Oh, the rapture is me. I am that rapture. I am that body chain. I am that anointed. I am that one that's been promised to come through all the ages. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, yes. Oh, they want to claim that the healing revival is over. It may be, but healing's not. They want, to, they want to claim that revival's over. It may be, but yours is not. You can have your own revival. I say, might as well start tonight. Amen. Brother Tim's been preaching on revival. Oh, can we have hope or is there hope for revival? I say, yes. I say, yes. I say, I'm in revival. Oh, you look for even like Tabernacle's revival. Here I am. You looking for the bride's revival, Brother Johnny? Here it is. Oh, can I get somebody else to say, here I am. I am that revival. I am that one that believes the word. I am that one that believes that the impossibilities will be made a reality. But we find there's so much coming against us today. An attack on your belief system. Satan wants to challenge you as a believer. He don't want you to believe in the supernatural word. He don't want you to believe in the immutability of the word of God. Satan don't want you to recognize the supernatural. Because he knows that the slightest whisper of God's word will defeat every devil. 
the slightest whisper. That's good because some of you, that's all you do is whisper. Amen. Praise God. I just can't act like that, Brother Joe. I'm worried about what they think. Get rid of all your devil-made, homemade prestige. Say, God, I don't care tonight. I got a need. I got to get to Jesus. They drive all those hours to get to a prophet's message. They got to get to Jesus. All the thing is, church, we need to stop questioning the word. Can it be for me? Can it be done? And start saying like Mary, be it unto me. Be it unto me, Lord, according to thy word. Tonight, God. I'm going to step into another atmosphere and I'm going to say, be it unto me. I'm going to look past what I see. I'm going to look past all the criticism and I'm going to say, be it unto me according to thy word. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 13, the Bible says, we have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore we speak. Your voice has a powerful, powerful impact on what happens to your life. You speak negative, watch what's going to happen. But you speak the power of God, watch every devil run. They know they can't stop you because you're an invincible army. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 12 and verse 1, Wherefore, seeing that we are compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. All church, we're at the end. Let's lay aside every weight and every sin that so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. That word look there means to turn your eyes away from other things and fix them on something. So you don't need to be looking at your politics, figuring out if Trump's going to get it or Biden's going to get it or Kamala's going to get it or this one's going to get it. It don't matter. That ain't what we're here for. Take your eyes off of that. Take your eyes off governments. Take your eyes off political systems. Take your eyes off physicians and hospitals and medicine because they're ever changing their mind and their stance on different things. But put your mind, put your eyes back on the Word. Put your eyes back on the supernatural, which is the mind of God. I love how Brother Tim brought this out, and I got it in my notes here tonight. He said, Brother Brown made a statement in the token. He says, I'm looking for a time of a break forth of the Spirit of God in these last days that we're now living in for another surge of the Holy Spirit into the church, for a rapture in faith just before it comes. Everything is sitting right straight in order. I believe that we're now at the time that the Word should have preeminence. That word, word there is not just letter. But it's the spirit married to the word, to the letter. Because the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. So when you marry the two together and the word then has the preeminence, the superiority. That means that the word is superior to whatever you're facing. The word is superior to, if it was superior for Christ and his disciples and what they faced, it's superior for your life, for your church, for your home. The word is to have preeminence. And if it has preeminence in your life, it'll produce the same signs and the same wonders and the same results. But what are you looking at? You're looking at your sickness. You're looking at your problem. You're looking at what's going on in the, in the world around us. COVID-19 got everybody shut in. We got the movements going out there, burning cities down. Are you looking at those things and getting disgruntled, getting upset, losing your focus? Or are you looking to Jesus, the creator of heavens and earth, the giver of life, 
the one that possesses power over whatever spirit that takes control of him? Are you looking to the way maker, the miracle worker? Are you looking to the God of impossibilities? Are you looking to the supernatural? Notice when Jesus came, he performed everything that the word said he would perform. He showed them all the works of God, but they become so ecclesiastically minded until they had their own ways fixed to how he would come. And when he appeared and did the supernatural, they missed him. But the Bible said they had their ways fixed and their theology had been upset a little bit. And they denied him, even called him a bad name, a low name as Beelzebub. He said Jesus came in every form of the Messiah that the Bible predicted him to come in. He come as a God prophet. He come just exactly the way the Bible said he would come. And yet they miss seeing him. Oh my. He says that not be our attitude when he comes a second time. Amen. Notice now, they were failing to see the supernatural work. This is in the Queen of Sheba. The people, the churches has gotten so far away from the supernatural and they, until they could not give an answer to their congregation for the supernatural that was being done. So they've had the word, the word, the word, the word, the word, the word. And when the, super, when the word stepped off the pages and the supernatural become, began to manifest, they missed it and called it the devil. He said they had gotten so far away from the word that they didn't recognize the supernatural when it was being done. They, they just had to class it as something. Instead of figuring out, laying aside their thoughts, going through the scriptures, while instead of doing that, they just answered their congregation. And they said, well, he's a devil, that's all. He's just a fortune teller or something. There's nothing to him. He says, but in every generation, God has always had his agents. He, he said he's gotten down sometime to merely one. But God has always had somebody in every generation that he can put his finger on. Somebody that he can put his finger on. I say, God, put your finger on me tonight. Let me be the one that will display the supernatural. Let me be the one that recognizes when the spirit of God begins to move up and down the church. Let me not be so ecclesiastical, intellectual minded that I miss the very presence of God. And I wonder if that's not the problem with some of our churches, some of our so-called message churches. They've gone so far on the word, the word, the word, the word that they missed the visitation of the angel. They swung so far against Azusa that they've erred on the side of intellectualism and they don't even recognize the spirit of God when he's there, when they see it in service. But God said, I'm going to have somebody that's going to believe. They're going to believe the supernatural. They're going to believe in divine healing. They're going to believe in miracles. They're going to believe God is greater than cancer. They're going to believe God's greater than brain bleeds. They're going to believe God will bring the prodigals home. They're going to believe that their meal barrel will never go dry. Brother Brown makes a statement. And he says, what happens when two omnipotents meet? When God and man comes together through omnipotence, something's got to shake. Are y'all expecting a shaking tonight? Yes, Brother Joe, we're ready. He says, what happens when two omnipotents meet when God and man comes together through omnipotence? Something's got to shake. He says, whatever you say with that creative power of omnipotence of God, knowing that he promised it and he said in his word, it creates a power that goes out yonder and brings things to pass, things that is not and makes them though they are. But why? Because two omnipotents had met. And let me tell you, even like tabernacle, when omnipotent God meets omnipotent you, your impossibilities become 
become a thing of the past. They become history. Oh, let me tell you, they become a landmark. You can look back and say, God did that for me then. He'll do this for me tomorrow. He'll meet me the next day. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. You'll look back on that impossibility and say, I know my God heals. I know my God saves. I know my God delivers. I know my God moves in our church. I know I feel the spirit. I see the anointing. I see the supernatural. Can I go just a few more minutes? John 5 and verse 1. I touched on this last service. but I really wanted to kind of maybe close close to this. With this here tonight. John 5 1. After this there was a feast of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool. Which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda. Having five porches. And in these lay great multitude of impotent folk, a blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For the angel went down at a certain season into the pool, and he troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatever disease he had. And I can just imagine this, this scene here maybe kind of like a scene in one of Brother Brown's meetings. Congregation lay a bunch of impotent folks, blind, halt, withered, waiting for him to put his finger up. He's here. And begin, the waters begin to trouble. He begins to discern thoughts, begin to discern intents of the heart, begin to discern and go back in lives and say, You was attacked by a dog and this, that, and the other, and you did this and you did this. You go make this right, and God will heal you, God will deliver you. Waiting. People drove 17 hours to be in one of those meetings. And sometimes, and I don't mean this toward anybody here, but sometimes we come to church and all we want to do is sleep. All we do is go to sleep. Or all we do is we miss our opportunity. What takes place when these men of God preach and the anointing begins to fall and Brother Tim and different ones in this church, when that spirit begins to fall, what are we finding is somebody stepping on the waters. And you see some little sister stand up and amen the word of God under an inspiration. What was that? Troubled water. Recognized the supernatural. Oh, it wasn't just her husband preaching. It wasn't just my son preaching or my, my spouse preaching. No, he's here. And I can just imagine on this scene, their minds are just going, I wonder today, will Wednesday night be the service I get healed? Will it be the night that God's going to give me my kids? Will it be the night that I get delivered, I get my eyesight back? Yeah. Or whatever it is, will tonight be the night that I defeat cancer, get victory over it, can walk out delivered? And they're thinking, but they're waiting for one thing. Will this be my opportunity to get into the water first? Well, I recognize when the waters are troubled. And all of a sudden, little breeze begin to swoop down. The leaves begin to shimmer a little bit. And all of a sudden, he steps on the water. Ripples. Ripples. One over here begins to stand and amen the word. Oh, that's a commotion in the church. No. That's somebody recognizing the supernatural. Little sister gets up and runs the aisles. Oh, 
Well, they're out of order. No, maybe you need to get out of order to get saved. Ripples on the water. Brother Branham said, they watch for the supernatural. As soon as the supernatural happened, they made a rush for it. And sometimes we have to drag ourselves to church. And we sit there and we take for granted the word that's being preached. But in every service, there's going to be a spot when he steps down. It may be in the beginning, may be in the middle, it could be at the end. But he's here. And when he's here, that's not the time to go to the restroom. It's not the time to be bothered about what you're going to do tomorrow at home or at school or at work or whatever. That's the time to step in. They watch. Brother Bram said they watch for the supernatural. They watch for it. Even like Tabernacle, we have been trained to watch for the supernatural. We don't have a pastor that's pushing us away from speaking in tongues and the moving of the Spirit and the gifts. No, we got a pastor who's teaching us, recognize it. Recognize the gift in your life. Recognize the gift in the church. Recognize the presence of God when he comes on the scene. Notice, they watch for the supernatural. Brother Bram says, look at the church today. God wants us to watch for the supernatural when his word is made manifest and vindicated. And now we run away from it because it's not connected with our organization. And I wonder today, those that live stream our services. They don't feel what we're feeling. They don't see what we're seeing. We have many complaints and criticism about our last year meetings because some of our young people ran around the church. The waters were being troubled. Instead of you being concerned about my young people, won't you be concerned about what's not happening at your church? About the power of God not being visible there because he's visible here. Even like Tabernacle, it's time we put our shoulders to the wheel. And we feel that anointing. We see God begin to step down and God begin to trouble the waters. Brother Bram said, that's the time to step in. He says, God has always moved through his, super, or through his people, through supernatural vindication of his promise. He promised he would do it. When they seen the promise begin to move in, the, in a supernatural, Jay jumped right into it and took it. And today, even now, the Holy Spirit, the supernatural power of God is on the earth, moving and showing things, and people run from it instead of getting into it. Brother Aaron made a statement last Wednesday night. He says, when the waters are being troubled, don't stand by and stand around and look and waste your opportunity. When the waters are being troubled, like we have been here in service after service after service, that's the time to move. That's the time to get in. You don't have to come to a certain pool. You don't have to go to a certain church. You just got to recognize when he's there. And when he's there, you can stand up and claim your promise. When he's there, you can walk out healed, walk out delivered, walk out whatever needs you have. Because while the promise is unto you and to those that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Let me end with this here. We'll bring it down. Brother Bam said, 
He said, when Peter came and he raised Dorcas, he said, you know, there'd be many today that would say, well, she just was in a coma. He didn't really heal her. He just brought her back to, you know, brought her back, woke her up or whatever. They began to explain away the supernatural out of the Bible. He says, you're explaining away the very God that you claim to worship. Right. And that's the problem is people have tried to explain away the word. And the problem is that we, the people, have allowed Satan to explain away the value of God's word. We've allowed the devil to explain away the dynamics of God's word. But I love what Paul says here, and I'm closing on this. Give me just a few more minutes. 1 Thessalonians 1 and verse 5. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but in power, and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance. As you as ye know what manner of men we are among you. That word power there is the word that we get the word dynamics or dynamo. It's dunamis. And that word dunamis means power for becoming or performing miracles. So Paul would tell us that our gospel came not into you in word only, not having any spirit behind it, not even power behind it, but it came with the power to perform what it said it would do. And we find Brother Bam makes a statement and hear you him. He said, there'll be a power put into the church is now, and now is coming in that the Holy Spirit will so anoint the people till they'll speak the word and it'll create itself right there. We haven't seen powers like that's coming into the church now. I know it for a fact. Say unto this mountain, be thou removed and don't doubt in your heart, but believe that what you have said shall come to pass and you shall have what you said. He said it's placing the church in position where the fullness of the power of the Holy Ghost comes into the church. What the church doesn't need today is we don't need more word. We don't need more word, more word, more word. What the church needs today is the spirit to anoint that word, to make that word live to make that word come to life and to make your impossibilities a reality and to make your impossibilities a thing of the past make that cancer leave make that sugar diabetes leave but what we found is the message churches had preached the word the word the word that they pushed the spirit away because they didn't want to be Azusa Street let me tell you God ain't taking us back to Azusa he's taking us back to the upper room and somebody's going to walk out staggering on drunk on new wine they intoxicated by the Holy goes let me tell you church that's what we're looking for I'm tired of looking at the mechanics let me tell you don't take that wrong I'm glad we got a word because without this word we don't have a message but what we need today is a dynamo packed to that word he said today with great intellectual message we can explain it till you can see the picture but that isn't what we're looking for tonight we're looking for the mechanics we're looking he said I'm sorry he says we're looking for the dynamics of it Oh, we're looking for the dynamics. He said, now the same one that came down on the day of Pentecost is the same Holy Ghost that manifested today from glory unto glory back to its original sea with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the same signs, same wonders, same baptism, same kind of people acting the same kind of way with the same kind of power, the same sensation. It's from glory unto glory. He said, God is here. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His power is just the same today as it ever was he does not fail he cannot fail he is God he is, has to remain God he says sirs we will see Jesus not hear the mechanics but see the dynamics of him oh we've heard the mechanics we've heard the word we've heard intellectual teaching but what about 
laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover? What about praying and 15 minutes later, oh, a, a, a wayward brother comes stumbling into church and finds his way to the altar and he's never been the same since? What about laying a prayer cloth underneath the husband's pillow and believing that God's going to move on his heart? What about facing cancer stage four and within two months be completely healed? What about having a brain bleed? They said, I'll give you five minutes or five years, but she won't have any quality of life and see her walking in the right mind today without having any effects of the brain bleed. Oh, church, that's not mechanics. I'm here to tell you, that's the dynamo. That's the dunamis. That's the power of God. He says, like an automobile with no gasoline in it. He says, with no fire and power. No matter how fine the dynamics, how mean are the mechanics is fixed up, the cylinders, the points, the plugs, whatever more, it's got to have the current also. You got to take those together. That's the way God is. It's got to get a believer with God to make the contact. Then something's going to happen. And if I can get you, the believer tonight, to get in contact with this supernatural, you're going to see things take place. Right. Amen. Sister Amy, won't you show that first picture? Y'all see this car? Oh, isn't that a beauty? That right there is a Bugatti. And you say, oh, my Gotti. I never knew there was a Bugatti. That's a Bugatti. It is called the Bugatti La Voiture Noire. means black. I had to put all that fancy French into it, but it's a black car. This car packs 1,500 horsepower. For you car enthusiasts, it'll get up and go. It's got 1,180 foot-pounds of torque. It'll go 0 to 60 in 2.5 seconds. It's got a W16 engine, top speed of 261 miles per hour. Hold on, strap up, because we're going somewhere. This car costs a measly $19 million. Go to the next picture. Look at this car. This car is a beauty. Next picture. We're going to look at this car because, man, I'll tell you what, it's fine. Next picture. Look at that Bugatti. You know you done seen it when you see the taillight lit up like that. Look at the inside. You got to have a masterful mind to try to even drive this thing. Next picture. Look at that. Ooh, can't you see yourself driving that car? Next picture. Oh, come on. Don't be so humble over there. You make us all sick tonight. Go back to the first slide. That's a beauty. But let me ask you, church, tonight, what good is a $19 million car if it has no spark? What good is a car that says it's got 1,500 horsepower and you never hear the exhaust rev up? Ain't got no life. Got no spark. What good is a car that they claim has 1,180 foot-pounds of torque? It'll throw your head in the back seat. It's not good for nothing. It has no spark. What good is a car that'll do 0 to 60 in 2.5 seconds and reach 261 miles per hour if it has no spark? Let me tell you what it's good for. A museum. It's good for a museum. Because all they do in the museum, they come and look. And they gawk over it. And they imagine, oh man, I wonder how that thing sounds. Oh my, you know, they said it'd do 261 miles an hour. They said it's got 1,500 pounds of, uh, of horsepower. I bet it sounds really good. And they look at it and they get up there and they take pictures beside, oh, look at me, I'm, I'm in a Bugatti, oh, da, 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 and all this other kind of stuff. 
it's become something that they just admire. They never experience the power of the Bugatti. And Brother Brown said there's been churches, churches, brides, brides, churches and brides. He said, but there's got to come one, hallelujah. There has to come a real bride. There must come one that's not only got the mechanics, but the dynamics of it. Make the church live, move in the power of the resurrection. Until we come into that place, until we find that place, what good does it do to polish the hubs? What good does it do to give her a facelift or a simonized job when there's no dynamics, no matter how much the mechanics prove to be right there's got to be the dynamics to make it work and let me tell you what good is a church that claims to have the restored word if she sits dead and no power and no life and nothing to make her live nothing to make her move nothing to save her sick nothing to heal the love let me tell you what good is a church that claims that she's going to take a rapture and nobody is healed in the congregation what good is a church that claims to be saving souls if nobody comes to the altar because we don't have altar calls and prayer lines no more? What good is it, church? She's become a museum piece. She's become a museum piece. All we do is look back to the 40s and 50s and 60s and say, man, she used to do this. Look what she used to be. I can just imagine. Oh, I, I tell you right now, I could fantasize myself in that car. Getting out there in Arizona on that long stretch between Texas, opening that puppy up. I think that's what some of us do when we come to church. We fantasize. I want to be like, to feel the power. I wonder what it'll be like. Oh, to get behind there and put that gas pedal and have your head thrown back, Brother L. Yeah, you wish you could. <laughs> Let me tell you, church, if you want to feel that power, I'm talking to you about another power. Oh, you're going to go past 261 miles an hour. You're going to go past zero to 60 in 2.5 seconds. We're talking about being changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. We're talking about not just going down the roads of Texas. We're talking about going into roads of glory where this body's going to be changed. Let me tell you, you're not going to get there with just mechanics. Somebody's going to have the power. But even the prophet of God said, there's going to be a church and she's going to have the same power, the same anointing, the same sign, the same one. Let me tell you, that's who you are tonight. And if I could get you to believe for your impossible, you'll experience the power of more than a God. It, but you'll experience the power of oh my God he's here he's here tonight to heal the sick to save the love he's here to heal you from cancer he's here to save you from COVID he's here tonight oh you can experience the power of my God you can feel the horsepower the anointing of the Holy Ghost I'm here to declare to you tonight this bride don't only have the mechanics she's got the dynamics the sick are being healed Cancer is being defeated. Demons are being cast out. Hearts are being discerned. Lost are being saved. Prodigals are finding their way home. We're seeing miracles. We're seeing the impossibilities made possible. We're not a museum piece. Call me what you want to call me. I don't care about your criticism. Because I've lost all my devil-made, homemade thing called prestige. All I want to know is I found favor. And if I got favor with God, there's no impossible. And if I can get you to believe tonight, Brother Timothy, musicians come. The bride of Christ is not waiting on revival. She's in revival. She's in revival. 
She is. That word revival means to revive to life. She's been quickened by the dynamo. And she's in action. And all things are possible to you that believe. Will you believe tonight? Will you bow your heads? You said you had a need tonight. I want you to know God's here. He shows up every service whether you feel Him or not. Whether you see Him or not. But He comes in every service and He troubles the water. And if you can recognize a supernatural, maybe, maybe not this service, but maybe Sunday, maybe next week, whenever it may be, whether you're streaming some other church service, it's not a certain pool you have to get in or a certain church you got to go to. I just want you to recognize whose presence we're in. It's not the presence of Brother Joe, Brother Timothy, Brother Aaron, Brother Tim. It's the presence of the Almighty. For all things are possible for them that believe. Let's take our eyes off of what we're looking around and what we're seeing in our situation. Put our eyes tonight back on Christ. If you've got a need tonight, you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. If you're facing an impossible situation, I want you to believe for your impossible. I want you to believe that this Holy Ghost we spoke about, this anointing that we spoke about, it's not a fairy tale. God sees your hands back there in the back. God recognizes that heart. He knows what your need is, and he's already provided the answer. Some of you young people are starting school, starting college. It's time to believe. God will keep you through your college years, through your school years. God will provide for you. Some of you young people seeking the Holy Ghost. I was at a church last weekend. An 80-something-year-old lady came up and said, Brother Joe, she goes, I want the Holy Ghost. She's gotten down to this late in her life and recognized she didn't have it. You can receive it tonight. He's here. The dynamics is here. He's here. Father, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you for your service. Thank you for the time you've given us to just to preach about the goodness of God. We thank you, Lord, that you come by and you do trouble the waters, Lord. And Father, I know myself, maybe with many others, Maybe we've shutting down at times when we've seen the waters trouble because maybe we wasn't feeling, we wasn't feeling all spiritual or feeling all like we wanted to step in. And we ask that you'd forgive us tonight, Father, where we've wronged you and missed our opportunity. May we not waste another moment, Father. Lord, there's those that are here that are praying to great needs in their life, Lord. Couples desiring to have children, Father. God, I'll just pray we step in the waters tonight and receive it in our time of need. Lord, I know that Brother Tim's gotten messages about why don't we preach like he is preaching hope. Lord, this ain't hope. This is your word. We bring faith to the people, Lord. We preach about a God who does mighty wonders. We preach about the supernatural power, the mind of Christ, to call things that are not as though they are. That's not hope. That's reality. That's the word of God. So, Father, we just ask tonight that you'd come behind this word. And Lord, if there's a heart out there longing for deliverance, whatever it may be tonight, I pray you just go to that heart right now, Father. Just begin to move on it. Begin to touch it. Begin to deal with it. Begin to speak to it, Lord. Begin to massage it and embrace it and love it, Lord, and caress it and, and tell it, Lord, that you're there. The impossibles are going to be a thing of the past. They're going to be history if you just take me at my word.
So Lord, we believe tonight. Therefore, we speak and we pronounce healing over your body. Sister Erica Parker, Lord, we, den we denounce this cancer that's stricken her life and we claim the resurrection power of Almighty God that you'll just begin to flow through her right now, Father. Lord, we speak on behalf of Brother Ron. You see what he's going through and what he's dealing with now, Father. But we speak life to him, to Sister Connie, Lord, all the other needs that were mentioned. God, we speak and we pronounce the dynamo is here. The power of God is here. He's present today, Lord. And we take you at your word tonight, Father. We know that the sick can be healed. We know that the lost can be saved. God, we believe. Therefore, we speak these things tonight in Jesus' name. And Lord, we're looking for a series of victories. Lord, we're not going to settle with one, with two, or with three. Lord, we're going to keep striking. We're going to come every service and we're going to keep striking, Lord. There's going to be young people striking, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. There's going to be young people striking for a greater experience. There are going to be moms and dads, Lord, striking for their lost loved ones. Lord, there's going to be husbands and wives, Lord, striking for, Lord, for their home, for their need, for that situation. Lord, and we're going to be ministers. We're going to be striking the, the Word of God. We're going to keep striking it, Lord, and believing for, Lord, those that are sick and afflicted. Situations in churches, situations in homes, situations within the message, Father. Somebody's going to believe. And Lord, it might as well be us here tonight. Those on the live stream, those here in the congregation, we believe, Father. Therefore, we speak these things tonight in Jesus' name. Let your spirit just have its way now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You believe that tonight? Break every chain. Every chain. Break every chain. Break every you got a chain holding you down tonight. He's here to break it. There's a young person here tonight. Something is holding you back. You hadn't committed all the way. He's here. There's a power here. There's a presence here tonight. The waters are being troubled. He hadn't left that pool yet. He's still in the service. All it takes is for you to recognize the supernatural. Say, I'm coming tonight. Maybe it's a mom or a dad. You know, many times we're always pulling on the young people. What about moms and dads? We have situations that we go through. Sometimes we need to get to a point where we just have a recommitment. We just rededicate our own lives to God that we can have a home that is under the order and admonition of God and, and the way it should be. And, and we do the things that God aspires us to do. I wonder tonight, is there a mom or dad that'll be willing to say, I don't care what anybody else thinks. Because he's here. There's a young man standing up in the back. Recognize him. There's power. Life has been changed. Young sister back here crying. Because there's a power here. Recognizing the supernatural stirring the pool. What about you that's desiring children? What about you desiring a closer walk with God? What about you that, that have needs in your body? You're getting up in age and yet the devil's telling you can't get healed. You can't be delivered. I'm telling you he's here. I'm tired of us falling victim to the devil's lies. It's time we rise up and recognize the dynamo is here. 
Dunamis power is here. We have found favor with God. There's going to be a bride. She's going to be in revival. That revival starts in every service where you stand up. You don't care what others think. You don't care what others say. You recognize he's here. And as long as he's here, he can meet my need. And I pray tonight God will fill you, Joseph, with the Holy Ghost. I pray tonight God will touch you back there, Sister Sister Jenny Camp. I pray tonight, Sister Candace, God will move on you and on that situation and your desire tonight. I believe he's here. I believe he's here to stir the waters. I believe he's here tonight to stir the pool. I believe he's here tonight to move on young people. Oh, let me tell you, Sister Sarah, you can have what you have need of tonight. Oh, he's here tonight. He's here tonight. Katie O, he's here for you tonight. Katie P, he's here for you tonight. He's here. There's an He's here. Come on, Norman. Do you hear the sound of faith rising? Do you hear the body of Christ rising to an army? Do you hear the bride coming to her feet? Do she come into her position, standing up and taking every promise, saying, devil, you can't have my young people. You can't have my health. You can't have my life. You can't have my eyes. You can't have my heart. You can't have my soul. We're rising up today in the mighty name of Jesus. We're speaking that name over the congregation. We're speaking that name tonight for Brother Ron Spencer. We're speaking that name tonight for Sister Erica. We're speaking that name for Sister Rachel Shaw tonight. We're speaking Jesus. We're speaking the power of Jesus, the anointing of Jesus, all the dunamis power of Jesus. Dry bones taking flesh. You were once dead in sin and trespasses. Begin to come to life. Begin to worship God. Begin to recognize whose presence you're in. Oh, you don't care what they say about you. You don't care if you raise your hands. If something happens and the Spirit wants you to move, wants you to run, wants you to speak in tongues or dance in the Spirit, it's time to look away from what you think and say, God, use me tonight. Put your finger on me and let me be this anointed bride. Let me be this anointed lady where nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. I hear those chains. 